0: I'm especially glad you've joined me today as I bring another edition of Faith to Live By. I'm your host, Pam Christian, and each week I endeavor to bring you godly wisdom and insight so together we can know how to respond to life's adversity and truly experience the joy and victory Christ died to give us. I seek the Lord with much prayer and study to bring my weekly messages, and I must say that starting a podcast in July of 2020, the year of COVID-19, with all the civil unrest, violence in the streets, contentiousness in our election process, and so much more, has been a tremendous challenge. But I want to say before I even get into today's message that I have tremendous peace and assurance that God has been completely involved in everything the world has experienced this past year, and he has every intention of remaining involved for the benefit of his people and his namesake. The last couple of weeks leading up to the presidential inauguration of January 20, 2021, tensions and emotions for the people around the globe have been especially heightened. I have said all along that what we've been experiencing is a supreme battle of good versus evil. Many have said what we are experiencing is epic and we should expect the intervention of God with biblical proportions, and I wholly agree, but we have a part to play in it, and this is what I want to talk about today. For all nations today, things seem very dark, perhaps the darkest of our lifetime. We have each had our own expectations of how God could or might intervene and demonstrate His compassion for His people and His righteous justice, and many events have not played out as we had expected or dared to hope, at least not yet. This has left people feeling angry, frustrated, defeated, and more. I spent a lot of time with last week's podcast encouraging you to first Choose which side you want to be on, the side of good or the side of evil. And I urge you once again this week not to delay in your choice because the swift hand of the Lord's judgment is imminent. It will come at a point in time when none of us can predict. The same way the day or hour of Jesus' second coming is not known by any man, so it is for us in this day regarding God's certain justice. If you've listened to my podcast before, then you know I've shared I heard God declare that 2020 and beyond would be the year or the time of justice. So as corruption after corruption was exposed, I was not daunted. I knew it was God at work in our midst to reveal what had been hidden so that when he acts, we will wholly agree with him regarding his judgment against evil. We are currently in a time of waiting in the dark, not unlike the early disciples the night Jesus was crucified. They experienced his death and departure without Jesus fulfilling everything he had promised. He died without overcoming the opposition of the Roman government and exalting God's people. No doubt, they felt very much as the vast majority of people do around the world today. The lyrics to the song, Then Came the Morning by Guy Penrod, are prominent in my mind right now as I'm even producing this podcast. The song explains, They all walked away, nothing to say they just lost their dearest friend. All that he said, now he was dead. So this was the way it would end. The dreams they had dreamed were not what they seemed. Now that he was dead and gone, the garden, the jail, the hammer, the nail. How could a night be so long? Similar to the feelings and responses of Jesus' disciples the night of Christ's crucifixion, We find ourselves in a comparable reality, having expected God to work in a certain way for our benefit with the election. We had expectations based on what we understood God had revealed, and a day has come and gone where our expectations were not fulfilled. We wonder if we heard God correctly. We wonder if our hopes are dashed. We've had years of hopefulness building as we've seen righteous laws and ways upheld, and even overturning many godless laws the past four years. Our hope has been building with great expectations for our future. Even as evil and corruption were exposed in the months leading to the end of the year, we were united in the belief of God working in our midst. Prophets spoke of very specific events that, at this point in time, seem impossible. Unfortunately, some prophets have recanted their prophetic words and some in positions of influence and leadership have instructed God's people to accept and even embrace the realities we see today. We are in the darkest of the darkness at this time, the precise time when we can only follow God's voice because we are completely unable to walk by our sight. Yet, I suggest this is the safest place we could possibly be at this time. Let me explain. I ask you to imagine yourself sitting in an enormous and highly adorned theater, A vast stage is before you. The events we've just lived through with all the world's actors have been intensely played out on the stage. The act is over. The stage lights are abruptly turned off, and as your eyes adjust, you see the darkest of darkness. Sitting in the theater, you can see nor hear anything, but you wait. You're unable to move and barely able to breathe, not knowing what to expect. Yet somehow you experience emotions of both utter foreboding and a faint glimmer of hope. As you wait for what seems an eternity, beyond your ability to see, there are stagehands busy changing the scene and preparing all that will be revealed in the next act. Isn't this a fairly good analogy of where we find ourselves today? Perhaps much like the early disciples, we too are experiencing an identity crisis. Do we hold on to hope beyond hope that our dreams will be realized, or do we, like the disciples, try to distance ourselves from all we have aligned ourselves with, to find the path of least resistance. This is a very important consideration for us now. God has been radically exposing the evil in our midst wherever it exists, church, family, government, business, education, media, and arts entertainment. God has revealed corruption. He is separating the good from the bad, the wheat from the tares, the goat nations from the sheep nations. We must understand that what we are experiencing is not unique to America, but it's a global reality. The nations are being shaken, and what can be shaken will crumble, and what is firm and cannot be shaken will remain. Returning to the analogy of us in a theater with the lights out, breathlessly awaiting to learn what happens next, do we understand that the stagehands are in actuality God's angels, rearranging circumstances according to God's will, which He has been orchestrating behind the scenes all along. We are waiting in the dark, but God is ever at work in our behalf. Let's consider. On our own, we experience events that lead to crisis. Then we scramble to figure out how to respond to the crisis. This is how Jesus' disciples responded in the dark to what seemed like the final act for them. Conversely, with God, we experience events that lead to a crisis Then God brings to light His plan that has been underway all along with the predetermined solution to the crisis, revealing it is not the final act after all, even if we are still in the dark. Where we find ourselves today is not the final act, but an intermission, allowing us time to reconsider with whom we will align ourselves, with whom we will be engaged. What is playing out before us is a battle of good versus evil, and the devil has overplayed his hand. The enemy and his followers have attempted to accelerate God's timeline in effort to bring about the final act, but God always has the last call. Let's take a lesson from the Old Testament where God clearly intervenes in the lives of His people in the affairs of the nations. In Genesis chapter 15, verses 12 to 21, we read about the specific covenant God made with Abram, later named Abraham. God said to Abram, quote, Know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs, and will be servants there, and they will be afflicted for four hundred years. But I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve, and afterward they shall come out with great possessions." This promise given to Abram by the Lord was fulfilled six hundred to eight hundred years later, at the time of Exodus. Recall, the Egyptians so wanted the Hebrews to leave and be released from the many destructive plagues brought on by the Hebrews' God that they gave them all sorts of wealth and possessions, hoping to find favor with their God. Verses 18 to 21 reveals God's covenant to Abraham included the specific land Abram's offspring would acquire. Now, fast forward. Moses has been obedient to God and has led the Hebrews through the Red Sea to the other side on the way to the promised land. But before God brought his people out of Egypt to the actual possession of the land, he had to purge Egypt out of his people. After 40 years of wandering, God leads his people to the promised land that is occupied by the people groups God named in Genesis 18 to 21. What we learn is, while God was leading his people and purging them to prepare them to enter the promised land, the iniquities of the Amorites were being brought to their fullness. These two events, the purging of the Hebrews and the increase of the iniquity of the Amorites to the fullness, brings a convergence of God's plan for his judgment upon the Amorites through the partnership of God's people to conquer the Amorites to possess the promised land. Are you hearing this? God's judgment upon the Amorites for their iniquities was accomplished through the partnership of God's people in their quest to conquer the inhabitants of the to acquire their promised land. In order to conquer and take possession of the promised land, God's people had to be engaged in a battle against evil. They didn't just pray. They had to get engaged in the battle. I hope you're getting this because this is precisely the point we are in with our world events today. While God can administer his judgment supernaturally, most often God chooses to work through the partnership of his people. This means We must partner with God and be engaged in His plan today. Yes, as I shared last week, there are times God's judgment is demonstrated supernaturally, such as when the ground opened up and swallowed the rebellious people, or when God judged Sodom and Gomorrah, or when Ananias and Sapphira were struck dead in the temple. But when you read the Bible, we see time after time when God has had His people directly engaged in a battle to overcome evil. Consider Nehemiah. Gideon, Joshua at Jericho, and on and on, there are more examples of God requiring his people to be engaged in the battle than not. Let us consider events of history and the lessons we can learn for application today. I believe we as God's people today are being called upon to partner with God in active participation in what he is doing to expose and defeat evil so that the promises he has for us today can be realized. Remember, God told Abram some 600 to 800 years ahead of time what would occur leading up to his people acquiring the promised land. God did not provide the specific details, rather general information, so that when it happened, they could know this was the promise of God that was told to Abraham. Had God revealed all the minute and very difficult details his people would encounter in the process, would his people have the courage to take just the first step? Even knowing the promise included the land filled with milk and honey with grapes the size of a man's head, if the hardships and the specific battles required were known in advance, would God's people willingly step forward? I think only those with the spirit of Joshua and Caleb would, and so it is for us today. Only those of us with the spirit of Joshua and Caleb who have a deep abiding relationship with God who are confident that God is who he says he is and he will do what he says he will do, will choose to partner with God. God commissioned Joshua, as we read in Joshua 1, verses 1 to 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over to this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, To do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua didn't respond to God in his own humanity. He responded to God as a partner, drawing on God, confident God cannot fail to fulfill his promises. When we choose to partner with God, we are aligned with His will and His power by the Holy Spirit. No weapon formed against us can prosper, and we are, as the Apostle Paul said, more than conquerors. If God is for us, who can be against us? Do you see, as it was for the Israelites under Joshua's leadership to enter the promised land, it's true for us today? Could it be, as God purged His people in their 40 years in the desert, that God has been preparing and purging us to make us ready for the blessings He has planned for us? Could it be that as we cooperate and partner with God to administer His justice upon enemies in our world today, that we will be positioned to take possession of our promised land? The spirit of Joshua and Caleb is exactly what is needed today, and I, for one, want to be found in that camp as opposed to the camp of those who are fearful and faint-hearted. Fearfulness is evidence that the individual does not possess proper understanding of who God is. Let's consider this further. Jesus' personal disciples who walked with him for three years, who were instructed by Jesus in many, many ways, displayed great fear and dismay at Jesus' death. When the darkness came, they lost sight of their identity in Christ. They experienced fear and doubt, and Peter openly rejected Jesus. Peter and us today could benefit from the old adage, do not fear in the dark what has been revealed in the light. In these days of darkness and uncertainty, we have a choice, and depending upon what we choose, we will either be defeated as casualties in the battle, or we will become more than conquerors. What has God promised? What specific hope are we clinging to? Yes, we know in the end we win, but how we respond in the process in the battles to get to victory, is key. Do we even understand the battle before us? It is a battle of good versus evil that is being played out on all the seven mountains of society, with the mountain of government and media being the most prominent at this time. Christians need to get involved in the process by wielding their influence within each of the seven mountains as opposed to merely observing. God instructed his people to physically do battle to overcome the evil inhabitants of the promised land. With his present battle, Satan has attempted to usurp God's plan and timelines and bring about destruction through the spirit of the Antichrist. Satan is trying to circumvent the period of the great harvest of souls of the nations for Christ. Satan has managed to influence people to act in wicked and reprehensible ways and in every manner of evil his intentions are to produce days that are like the days of the wickedness of the end times as the apostle paul warned in second timothy chapter 3 paul wrote but understand this that in the last days there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self lovers of money proud arrogant abusive disobedient to their parents ungrateful unholy heartless unappeasable slanderous without self-control brutal not loving good treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people, for among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins, and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of truth. Just as Janus and Jambras opposed Moses, so these men also oppose the truth men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. But they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was that of those two men. Likewise, for us today, the folly of evil doers in our day will be revealed and dealt with. God is a God of justice, who vindicates His people out of great love for us and for His namesake. However, most often God works through His people. We must be engaged with God's plan. I have personally determined mainstream media to be fully promoting the devil's agenda. I do not trust what they report on any level. For the past few years, I've sought to be united with Christians and others who desire truth and righteousness and seek justice to win out. I want wickedness and evil in all places to be pulled down for God's will to prevail. I am willing to be in the battle to see my hopes realized. What about you? Many of us, estimates are 75 to 80 million Americans, want righteousness, truth, and justice, and we saw the best potential of that for our government with Donald Trump and the work and the policies he represents. This is why he won the popular vote. I believe evil and wickedness have been prominent in many aspects of government for decades, if not centuries, and guided by evil intents, people conspired to steal the election from we the people. We need to use the momentum God has already revealed. The 75 to 80 million of us need to get engaged in the systems of government, media, education, business, arts, and entertainment. But before we can be a changing influence there, we must properly align our families and the church with God's will. We must strengthen the source of social influence, which is the church and the family, without delay. The family and the church need serious correction to help move the nations forward. In this time of darkness we are in, I believe God is causing us to reconsider our ways on a very deep level so we can emerge and, as his partners, make a difference in this world, similar to how the early disciples emerged after the darkness they experienced. While many of us held out hope that the illegalities of the election would be recognized before the inauguration of the president, it did not happen that way, and we find ourselves in darkness at this time. Not unlike the disciples the night of Jesus' crucifixion, we are groping in the dark, many of us dazed and confused, not at all confident of what lies ahead. But I say to you, our focus should not be on a specific outcome, a pathway, or an individual, but instead ever and only on God. God has already provided the promises that are ever and always for our good. The circumstances and events we encounter along the way to the promises Have not been specifically revealed, but the fact that the promised land is ahead of us is certain because God said. I believe God has permitted events to play out as they have to wake up even more people to the truth, not the truth about the existence of evil, but the truth that unless we intentionally align ourselves with God through faith in Christ, we are by default aligned with Satan. Unless we are personally engaged in the process of society and culture to make a difference. We are cooperating with the enemy for lack of involvement. Did you know Kim Clement prophesied April 4th of 2008 that at some point America would have two presidents? Can you imagine the kind of flack Kim got for making such a statement, let alone under the guise of prophecy? But could it be in this dark hour we indeed have two presidents, one who is illegitimate and one who is legitimate? Could it be God's stagehands, his angels, are busy at work rearranging the stage for the next act. Could it be that this next act is intended by God for us to become part of the act? I firmly believe God is calling His people to come forth to be engaged and interactive. It seems to me, up until now, all we've really been are observers. The song I mentioned earlier, Then Came the Morning, seems to me precisely what we are living in these days. How could a night be so long? The song continues. Then came the morning. The night turned into day. The stone was rolled away. Hope rose with the dawn. Then came the morning. Shadows vanished before the sun. Death had lost and life had won, for the morning had come. As I write this, I'm experiencing the Holy Ghost goosebumps in confirmation of my understanding of the times. Hank Kuhneman, Mario Marillo, and Kat Kerr were recently interviewed on Flashpoint with Pastor Jean Bailey. As I watched this video, I found myself buoyed with eager expectation for what God is doing in our midst. Kat Kerr explained the enemy will fall upon one another in confusion because God will not allow their agenda to take place. She proclaimed justice will prevail. In fact, she delivered a powerful word from God about these dark days that you will want to hear. So, I'll have a link to the particular program in the show notes. We are living in the days of darkness just now, and wickedness and evil are all around us, but let us not forsake in the darkness what we embraced in the light. The way I see it, we have three groups of people. One, those who are resigned and see current day events as the last day events foretold in the Bible, who therefore offer no resistance and simply accept what is happening. These are people giving up. The second group are those who are realizing what they thought was reality in our nation is not true, and instead of people in positions of leadership and influence and power working on our behalf, they are working against us. These are people who are waking up. The third group are those who clearly see the efforts of the enemy and the intentions of God, who choose to enter the battle to overcome evil with good and take back the land that is rightfully ours. These are those who are standing up. Unity of God's people is what the enemy fears most. He knows when we are united with a proper understanding of God and who God is, when we partner together with God's plans, that his plans are doomed. What do you really want for your life and the life of your loved ones for generations to come? Mere survival by giving in to the oppressions and control of the enemy, or grand revival by partnering with God as victors in Christ? Partnering with Christ is not merely praying in the safety of our prayer closets. Partnering with Christ is being personally engaged in every mountain of society, bringing our influence to bear upon government, education, business, media, arts, and entertainment. And again, to be truly effective, we must first fortify the church and family, and we must fortify without delay. The window of opportunity is brief. When those who are giving up begin to wake up, together we can stand up and see revival in this nation and the nations of the world. What we need to do is to unite under the banner to make America godly again. People choose who they will align with, either God or Satan, whether they realize it or not. By not intentionally choosing to align with God, people choose to align with Satan by default. As we see events surrounding the 2020 presidential election and events since, we are caused to see who is working with righteousness and who is working with evil. John 3.20 states, For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come into the light, lest his works should be exposed. Amanda Grace recently released a new word from the Lord, which I summarize. She said, We are in the midst of a battle for the soul of this nation. God is not done with this nation. Do not try to steal what is not yours. God is exposing deepest evils in the country, the church and government. God is giving the church mercy and time to repent. The enemy has tried to prematurely force the latter events of the book of Revelation, and he has brought great darkness upon God's people. God says, I want my people to put the full armor of spiritual warfare on and choose to serve me. Stand and be anointed with the fire from on high and God will demonstrate his power in and through us. God has a covenant with America. Resuscitation will take time, but not a long time. You'll want to hear the entire word, so be sure to get the link from my show notes. As I've said since autumn of 2019, the year of 2020 and beyond will be known as the years of God's justice. I ask you to stand on that, to take a stand, Means we draw a line in the sand and we determinedly proclaim thus far and no further. We align ourselves arm in arm, creating a barrier where we will not allow the enemy to take any additional territory, and with our full armor on, we move forward to take back that which we have lost. Align your soul with God's justice and by the Spirit of God proclaim God's justice. The Hebrew Decade of 5780 is that of the mouth. So we must proclaim with our mouths the decrees and the declarations of our Lord. I ask you to boldly call out evil spirits who have no authority. Evil spirits in America have no authority here because God's covenant with America exists. Command, they give up. Call out evil spirits in other nations where they have no legal authority. Command, they give up. Call forth the revelation of the sheep nations with boldness that they were able to push back the works of the enemy. Command, they wake up. Call out the illegitimate from the legitimate and praise God for rising up righteous men and women to lead us according to His will and not some evil agenda. Command, they rise up. Call forth God's men and women who are to be His warriors of influence in the seven mountains of society. Command them to sign up. Add Psalm 94, verses 12 to 15 to your daily scripture declarations and expect the Lord to be true to His word. Command yourself to wise up. Deliberately choose to partner with God in His battle to redeem His people and overturn the evil that has sought to control and oppress God's people. Command yourself to stand up. As the prophet Isaiah said, Who among you fears the Lord? Who obeys the voice of His servant? who walks in darkness and has no light. Let him trust in the name of the Lord and rely upon his God. Isaiah 50.10 There is still time for those who will repent to turn from their wicked ways and be redeemed unto God through faith in Jesus. Pray for those who will repent to do so swiftly before the hand of God's justice is revealed. This window of opportunity is brief, and we must be engaged in the battle. This podcast relies on the support from my listeners expressed by availing the goods and services of my sponsors. I want to highlight my primary sponsor, Edward Torres, a team member with Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, and also my personal financial advisor. When it comes to our future, we need to gain God's wisdom and work in partnership with Him to fulfill His plans for us. Having a good financial plan is essential. When it comes to financial planning, one-size-fits-all isn't a fit at all. Ask Ed Torres, a team member with the financial advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC. Ask him about the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach. It's a personalized, flexible, step-by-step approach toward financial balance, so you can feel confident about the future as well as your wants and needs of today. With the Confident Retirement Approach and one-on-one relationship with the advisor, Edward Torres will help you live life and saving for tomorrow in a way that's right for you. It's what financial balance is all about. So call Ed today, 949-250-3210. Offices located at 2600 Michelson Drive, Suite 1460, Irvine, California, 92612. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. I'll have a link for Ed's website on the show notes. If you like what you hear from my weekly podcasts, you'll want to get any of my books, which allow me to connect with you on a deeper level. All my ministry work is prayerfully offered to help you better discover and live in life-giving truth and enjoy all the hope truth provides. Let's get connected beyond this podcast. Consider becoming a subscriber to my bi-monthly e-newsletter, which will also make you a preferred member where you will receive special announcements and offers not available to others. Be sure to take advantage of the free resources and bonus items listed on Charisma Podcast Network and on my website, faithtoliveby.com. On that landing page, there is a link and more information about my sponsors and partners. Again, if you've been blessed by my ministry, purchasing the goods and services I bring you is appreciated. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread the gospel and helps many people to learn how to better apply their Christian faith. With so much going on every day, be sure we're connected on Facebook at Faith to Live By TV, on Twitter at PLChristian, and on LinkedIn and Parlor at Pamela Christian. And lastly, visit my page for this show at faithtoliveby.com where you can learn about and take advantage of the special offers available to my listeners from my sponsors and partners. Faith to Live By is a business owned and operated by Pamela Christian Ministries, LLC. Next week, I want to explore how we need to utilize this time of darkness as a time of preparation to valiantly emerge in the light. You have a place in God's plan. We are all one body with many parts, And each part must do its work if we want to see God's will on earth as it is in heaven. I hope you'll join me next week and tell your friends and family to listen right here on Faith to Live By, where we learn how to gain spiritual victory over life's issues. Until next week, I'm Pam Christian, asking you to remember, Christ died for us. The least we can do is live for Him.